you're riding down the Harland Highway. All right, hold tight on the Harland Highway show. Harland Williams. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. You know where you are. You're not in your kitchen. You're not out in your trailer. You're not in your boathouse snipping cobwebs. You're not down in the root cellar eating gourds and pumpkin rinds. You're, you're here. You're on the highway that gets you there, the Harland Highway. We're, we're going to get you there. Today's another beautiful journey where we're going to get off on all kinds of different exit ramps and see what's there, explore, adventure, do uh, what we need to do to uh, make life fun. And before we go on that journey, I have to uh, ask you very kindly, if you're watching or if you uh, have watched before, please subscribe. There's a little icon over in the corner, just a little, all you got to do is click it and, and please subscribe to the Harland Highway podcast. It means a hell of a lot to me. And, uh, you know, the more we can build this thing, the more we can do. I mean, we could get to a point, really, if we get like 100,000 subscribers, which is where we want to get, we could get to a point where I personally bring Jell-O pudding pops to each of your homes. Like, seriously. Like, not even, not even joking. Like, I would seriously, before every podcast, like, go to each of your homes, sort of like a chocolate jello pudding Santa Claus, and I would just, like, ding dong, here's your pudding, gotta run, gotta go do the pod. So, uh, subscribe to the show, and uh, tell your friends about the show. Why deprive them of the merriment and the mirth? What, are you selfish? Are you greedy? You gotta have all the laughs and all the giggles. Ah, no way. We share here on the highway. Get, get driving and pick up your friends. Carpool is what I'm trying to say. And if you don't like your friends, drive your car right into a pool. And uh, you know what to do. Put the auto lock on. And uh, as it sinks, you swim out and get some new friends. Um, that's what carpool means. Duh. Um, but let's kick it off. So uh, gay pride is a thing now. Everywhere you turn, gay pride. And I thought, how do I celebrate gay pride? How do I, how do I get in on pride? And I thought, well, okay, here's what I'll do for pride. I took my little nephew, uh, eight years old, to the zoo. And we went up to the lion enclosure, which is open. But you look down at the lion's. And I picked the kid up, eight years old, and threw him into the pride. And I yelled, happy pride day, uh, Elwood. And he couldn't hear me. He was being eaten alive. He was being mauled. As I yelled it, I could hear his femur crunching. So I tried. I tried to pride. But, uh, you know, you do what you do. You do what you do with these causes. There's so many causes I mean, what can we do? There's so many causes. How do, how do we keep track of all the causes? How many children, how many friends, how many people can I throw to the Pride Alliance, for God's sake? I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, but before we, we dig into uh, the bulk of the show, I, I got a little beef. I got to get, get off my chesty poo. 
My skull-covered chesty poo. Mm-hmm, that's right. I got me a skull on my chest today, playa. Um, can we discuss the? Where is it? Can we discuss these things? These things that sort of dominate our lives. The old credit cards. And no, I'm not holding it still. No, I'm not. What am I, an idiot? I'm not holding. See how I'm flipping it around? I'm not holding it still so you can zoom in on your little computer, on your phone, and grab my number. Yeah, uh huh. Nice try, identity thieves. No, you're not. It doesn't stop moving. Good luck getting this uh, credit card number, you uh, Sesame Street count uh, retreads. I wonder if the count from Sesame Street has a credit card. There's so many numbers on these things. Can you imagine the count from Sesame Street? Uh, excuse me, sir, can we get your credit card number, please? Well, yes, of course. Three, seven, nine, ah, 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 ah. Four, two, six, ah, 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 ah. Six, six, nine, never mind, sir. Ah, ah, ah. Right, I mean, you just... You'd put a bullet through that freaky Velcro, blood sucking, mincemeat gurgling fat boy. <laughs> I don't know why. How do you dare call a Muppet a fatty? I just called the, the Count from Sesame Street a fat boy. And I'm kind of glad I did. It feels good. Ah, 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 ah. But, anyways, these damn things, if the number isn't enough, Okay, and the way they make these, have you, have you ever tried to like do something on the phone or you're ordering something online and it's like, please enter your credit card number and you're okay and you pick it up and the way they've printed the numbers, like you have to have the exact perfect beam of light coming through the window or from your light source. It's like, you got it. wait, wait, what? I can't see it. It's got... I'm trying to reflect the, well, is there a solar eclipse today? Can we get a solar eclipse so I can read my goddamn credit card? I mean, it's, you, you can't, it's just, ugh. Anyways, but that's not my real beef with these suckers. And again, I'm moving it around, identity thieves. I'm almost, I'm almost kind of cock-teasing the identity thieves right now. Uh, you, you, want, uh, you want this, do you? Oh, yeah, come and get it. Come and get it, baby. Yeah. Oh, you you want my my credit card info? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. All you got to yeah. A little cock teaser. Dirty little credit card cock teaser. Oh yeah. Just flap it in my face, baby. Yeah. What was that? A seven? I just saw. Wait. Hold on. Was that a two? I don't know. Was it a cock teaser? <laughs> Um, and for those of you listening to the podcast right now, I'm flapping my credit card all around. It looks like a butterfly that's been uh, sucking uh, Australian beer behind a, an all-male steam bath. But here's where I'm going with these damn rectangular plastic life source things. Can I go to a Chipotle... Can I go to a department store? Can I go to a gas station? Can I go somewhere? Can I go to a drive through window where maybe, just maybe, you technology credit card wizards from the evil mountain of Visa and American Express Mountain, 
Do you think you can make one credit card reader that I know how to operate? Is it possible we can just get one uniform credit card reader where the stripe goes this way and the chip goes that way and you put it in this and you swipe it that way and you, oh wait, why don't you fold it into some origami and make it into a little swan and then put it in or what the chip goes, how does it go? It goes up, oh, I got it in. Have you ever done that? You just want like a, a burrito bowl from Chipotle. You're hungry. You've been at the gym. You just want to go home. Sit in front of your TV with your burrito bowl and munch. And then they go, would you please insert your credit card, sir? Almost evil, like they know what's coming. Like, the, like you know, they're, they've got this boring job where they sling rice and chopped chicken and shredded pigs all day. And they need some entertainment value. They need something to amuse them as they... As they become zombified, just uh, taking order after order, and like, sir, will you insert your credit card, please? And in their head, they're going, watch this. And it's like, sure, yeah, can I? Uh, oh, sir, could you uh, take it out and try again? Yeah, what, do I sweat? Am I, do I put it in at an angle? Am I, oh, oh, sir, if you maybe try it the other way, sir. Okay, maybe can I, am I, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? It's like you just came for a snack and suddenly you're trying to work out a Rubik's Cube. Every GD credit card reader has its own freaking way to do it. Upside down, sideways, the chip, the tap, the slide. Sounds like something you do in a Motel 6 hotel room on a Thursday night in Fresno. The slide, the tap, the push, the insert. The, yeah, that sounds that sounds actually dirty. Maybe that's what's happening at, uh, at these uh, these places. Yeah, so stick it in again, sir, and then slide it. Stick it in and slide, and then uh, pull it out and tap, and then insert it again, and just give it a little push, and then slide it again, sir. I mean, what, what kind of perv activity is this? So anyways, can we do away with these at some point? And then, and then, then the magnetic strip thing, it wears down. I don't know how a magnetic strip wears down. It's just sitting in my wallet. But, you know, I have a credit card for four months. And then I, you know, I pull it out and I look and then it looks like uh, my, my magnetic strip is is married to a wife beater. My magnetic strip has dark blotches on it and bruises, and there's places where it's, it's peeled off like a scab. And I'm like, good God, who beat you up with an axe handle there, uh, MasterCard? So, uh, yeah, I, I got to be arch a little about it. And uh, hopefully one day these things are just a thing of the past. And then the, the other thing is, even when you do get it right, have you ever tried leaving an underground parking garage or at the drive-thru and because of COVID, now they hand you the little card reader? And now you, now you got to be, but you got to become like Mr. Exact, right? You, you got to find, find this little tiny slot that's as thick as the damn 
credit card. And now you're like, oh, ooh, e, e, e. and if you got any kind of little tremble in your hand or the guy holding it's got Parkinson's or something, it's like, e, 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 you know? It's like some kind of game. It takes you an hour. You, ooh, you get it halfway in and then, ooh, it's, and then, oh, and then sometimes these things go in so deep you got them in there, and then you're like, please remove your card. You're like, um, oh, uh, uh, I can't really. Is, can I just get a little ding? I, got, I just got a little hair of the tip. And good luck if you're a girl with the long nails. I mean, if you got the long grizzly bear nails, you know, and by the way, why do you have those? Shouldn't you just be up in Alaska swinging for salmon in a bubbling brook somewhere? Just... These nails, man, get a, get up and start slashing, stand, stand on a rock in the middle of the river and wait till they jump up and slap a salmon out of the air. But good luck getting your credit card out of a, a credit card reader when you got the girly nails, man. I mean, you might as well grow Freddy Krueger fingers and just slash that credit card machine up because that's the only way you're getting that little piece of French toast out. So there you go. I, I had to get that off my chest. It's been pissing me off. And uh, so there you go. Um, but now I want to turn to something that, um, that involves our health. And, and you know, it, it's, life, is, life is so precarious. Life, life I say, is like a, a tightrope walk, you know. Any day it can take a turn for the better or the worse. Any day you can fall off the tightrope wire or any day you can just be wobbling, barely holding on to the tightrope. And it's such a balancing act. And I don't know why at this late point in my life, like about a week ago, I thought, you know what? I'm going to start smoking. Screw it. Screw it. I know you're not supposed to. It'll kill you dead. It'll... It'll give you cancer. It's, and I've made it this far in life. Why would I start smoking? It's like, you know what? I'm bored. I was laying in bed. I said, I'm going to start smoking. So here I am the other night. I'm laying in bed. It's late. And I bought the pack of camels. I got the ca uh, camels or Marlboros or whatever the hell they were sitting on my uh, nightstand. And uh, I don't know why I did that all sexy. If that was even sexy, I just, for some reason, I just went, nightstand. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so I'm laying in bed. It's late. It's, you know, it's like one in the morning. And I'm having one of these nights where I can't get to sleep. And maybe that was it. You know, I live in this apartment. It's like 40 stories high. And I'm laying in bed and I thought, screw it. I'm going to smoke, but I don't want to do it in the apartment. I don't want that smoke reek coming around, you know, so... What I do is I, uh, I take the elevator all the way up and then I take the little stairway up to the roof. There's always that little extra stairway and then you open that lead fire door like as if, you know, Hiroshima's going to happen again. They always, they always put this giant lead fire door at the very top. And uh, so I push that thing open you know I kick it open with my uh, I'm wearing my Birkenstock sandals the ones I bought at Lilith Fair when I used to go on a yearly basis and uh, I go out there 
and I'm standing on the roof and the, you know, the full moon's out and can see a few stars in the sky. It's the city, so it's hard to read the stars because of the ambient light everywhere. You know, the traffic's humming down below and the lights are twinkling around the city. It's kind of, kind of peaceful, kind of nice and a slight breeze blowing and I pull out the cigarette and I, I light the tip and I take my first drag. I'm like, I can feel it going into the lungs like, like, uh, like a ghost, an arsenic ghost full of poison just trickling inside of my human form ready to pollute and contaminate and disease me. For $12.99 a pack, why not? I'm like, and just as I start exhaling and the, and the cancer ghost is wisping out of my lungs and into the night sky, I look over to the far side of the roof, and my God, I see a woman standing there. A woman standing right on the edge of the roof, right on the precipice, as they call it. And she's just wearing this kind of sheer flowing night robe that's open and the, the wind's blowing it, just flapping in the breeze. All you can hear is... And I'm thinking, it's not that windy out. And I look over to the other corner of the uh, roof and there's a homeless guy perched in the corner making wind noises. No, that's not true. That is not true. But, you know, you could just hear the, and her robes flowing. And the full moon, she's, she's, she's naked underneath. And the, the, the moonlight's illuminating her milky orbs. Her big breasts are lit up by the moonlight glowing. They almost look like giant, giant, I don't know, koala eyes. If, if a koala had Down syndrome, like Down syndrome eyes. And just, uh, I could see what I didn't want to see. And then she had a cesarean scar across the width of her belly. It was so wide that if you, if you dip this woman in orange dye, it would look like someone cut a jack-o'-lantern mouth onto her abdomen. And uh, I looked at her. I stared at her. She was almost like a ghost. And I'm like holding this cigarette, the end of it, the the orange ambers burning into the night sky. And I thought, my God, she's at the end of her rope. She's, she's here to end it. And I, I recognized the situation immediately, and I, I approached very delicately. I inched my way forward, and as I got closer, I could see this, this empty, desolate, faraway look in her eyes. Just these hollow, ghostly eyes staring out into eternity seeing everything at once, but seeing nothing at all, all at the same time. And I felt for her, I could, I could feel it was, it was palpable, the, the loneliness and the, the lostness of this, this poor soul standing at the edge of her mortality. And I said to her, I said, ma'am, are you okay? Are, are you going to jump? And she just turned very slowly and looked at me and her eyes a million miles away and she said, yeah, there's nothing left for me here anymore. And it just 
hit my heart. It was like, wow, wow, what do I do? And so I asked her, I said, isn't there anyone that you can reach out to? Is there, is there anyone that loves you that can come? And in her empty whisper of a voice, she said, yes. I called my daughter. She's the only thing on this whole earth that I love. I called my daughter to come, but I'm afraid it's too late. And again, my heart was just like, holy God. And I thought, what do I do? I can't lunge and, and grab this woman. She'll, she'll jump. She'll, and I, I, I thought, I'm not trained to, to, to handle this type of psychological moment. It's, it's, it's too big. It's, it's life and death. And here I am somehow in the middle of it. And I, I looked to the sky. I was like, what do I do? And then almost as if by divine intervention. I don't know if you believe in God, the Holy Savior, Lamb, Holy Lord of the Ghost, Savior, Jesus, Lamb, burning bush of the Lamb, Lord God, Savior, Jesus, Christ, child, the Holy Lamb. But all of a sudden, a sign came. Something appeared, something manifested out of nowhere that none of us saw coming. This, this little mouse a little city mouse, a little gray mouse with little curious black beady eyes glistening in the moonlight. He, he ran up on the ledge right by this, this lost soul's feet. And the woman noticed the movement and she looked down. And here was this little, this little cute mouse just staring up at her with all the wonderment and innocent of the world in its eyes. And I, I think she recognized that. She recognized another life form that was unaffected from the, the waves of the world, the, the evil and the weight and the pressure and the stress of the, of the turning, churning world that we live in. Here was this little hairy, soft mammal that knew nothing of the ways of man. And it just looked up at her with the most innocent of all looks like a like a newborn baby looking into its mother's eyes and and almost instantaneously this this woman who was already beyond living her demeanor changed she looked down and i saw a smile creep across her face a, a smile suddenly this this little innocent mouse this harmless creature somehow injected into her a, a moment of life maybe even a moment to live, and she, she reached down with her trembling hand, and the, the mouse of all things jumped onto her hand and, and ran up her arm and onto her shoulder, and, and this woman started to giggle. I guess maybe the feel of the mouse on her skin or through her, her robe, or maybe she was just amused that this wild creature was somehow unafraid of her and, and not aware of her torment. And I, I sat there in wonderment going, oh my God, this, this little creature is somehow without it, knowing what is happening, has, has turned this woman. He's, he's, he's somehow miraculously brought this woman back from the edge of, of doom. And then the little critter ran up the back of her neck and perched on the top of her head. And, and this woman who had shown no emotion, who was, who was blank as a zombie crying in the night, Suddenly her face filled up with emotion and life and she actually started to giggle out loud. She was laughing. She was like, oh, this little creature brought her joy and I could tell maybe this was the catalyst to, to bring her back, pull her back to the world of the living and, and give life another chance. 
And I reached out my hand, and I said, would you like to come back? And through her giggle, she said, yes, yes, I would. And she started to reach for me, and as our hands almost touched from out of the darkness, swooping down from the, the shadows and the black veil of night, a large owl, a huge owl with its four-foot wingspan had spotted the little mouse perched on this, this, this woman's head and it came flying down and boom, it, it grabbed the mouse but in the process hit the woman's head and knocked her off balance. And she, she sadly spiraled over the side of the building and careened towards the ground. All I could do was run to the ledge with my arms still out and watch her fall 40 floors. And down below, as she fell through the empty sky, a young girl stepped out of a, a taxi cab and ran towards the front of the apartment buildings, towards the entrance. And I saw her look up as she heard screaming from above. And as she looked up, of a, a sense of recognition on her face. It was, it was the desolate woman's daughter. And she tumbled through the air and landed right on her daughter, killing her instantly and killing herself. And now here I stood, bathed in the glow of the moonlight. Nothing but a half-burned cigarette in my hand, the, the smoke twirling up into the stars like a million sparkling teardrops that watched the whole ordeal. And as I saw the blood slowly start to seep out onto the sidewalk, the tangled bodies of a deceased mother and daughter far below, I realized in that moment just how precious life was and I looked at my first cigarette, burnt halfway through, and I thought to myself, life is too precious. I don't want to die. I don't want to cut my life short. So I took that burning cigarette, and I put it out. I twisted it out, right on that little mouse's face, just to hear it shriek in the night to hear it shriek and scream as the burning ember sizzled into its face. I'm kidding, ladies and gentlemen. A little, can we have a little drama here for you? Does my podcast always have to be ha-ha-ha full of laughs? I can't uh, tell a little dramatic story for you? I mean, whoa, players, like lighten the F up, okay? Get on your taco, okay? Get on your life-size taco and dial it down a bit, Nacho, okay? Because if you can't handle a little drama thrown in with the comedy, then uh, maybe you better get on your Nacho-mobile, go to the Taco Bell drive-thru, order some hot sauce, squirt it in your eyes, go stand on the nearest train track, hope that the train's going to fuck off town, and you get hit, and ride the front grill all the way through the mountains until it drops you off deep, 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 right in the middle of fuck off town. 
Okay, look, I'm just messing with you. Holy God. Wow. Um, you know what we'll do? Why don't we just, let's all take a deep breath. Maybe that drama was too much. I did not put a cigarette out in a mouse's face. You think I'd do that just after watching a mother murder her own daughter by jumping on her in the middle of the night? And I don't live in an apartment building, okay? Does that help? Does that help make it all real for you? By the way, everybody, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's better, H-E-L-P, help, better help. And as you know, life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through all of it. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and is available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your very own therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. And in therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you, so BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And check this out, financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. So I say if you need someone and you're thinking of getting someone, it doesn't hurt. I have a lot of friends who use therapists and sometimes you just need that little extra person to talk to or run things by or get get their help. So check it out, BetterHelp, and they have a special offer for Harland Highway listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Harland. That's 10% off your first month online therapy at betterhelp com slash harland hey get out there make your life as good as it can be and uh boom better help can i get a little uh yeah thank you hello um i appreciate it that that story wasn't easy to tell the old uh the old um you know first time smoking thing but since we're talking about first times, let, let me tell you a real story, okay? This is the first time I tried mushrooms finally. Seems like everybody's doing it. And I love how people are kind of pretending that it's like it's legit. And maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not a chemist. I'm not a mushroomist. I, but I, you know, I get the sense there's this whole kind of vibe going around that like all of a sudden mushrooms that have been illegal since the beginning of time and mushrooms that have uh, properties that can alter your reality. People are sort of selling them off now like, oh yeah, mushrooms, you know, I'm, I'm microdose. I do, I, I do like, you know, a bunch of them every day or I take a little every day and oh my God, it makes me so much more creative. I mean, I, I, I closed an oil deal in Saudi Arabia. I couldn't have done it unless I was uh, on mushrooms uh, watching an elephant uh, chew through a log cabin. 
But there seems to be this kind of uh, place now where they're being legitimized and they're, they're being normalized and almost to the point where they're saying, hey, you know, they're almost treating it like a pharmaceutical where they're saying, you know, you might function a lot better if you were taking uh, politicilicides or whatever the, I don't know the, the, the technical term, politicides or politicilicides or yeah, magic mushrooms. And uh, they're kind of almost making it seem like it, it, it's normal to do it. And maybe you're not normal if you're not doing it. And that microdosing and taking poison mushrooms every day will will uh, increase your productivity and make you a much uh, better, uh, well-adjusted, functioning human being in everyday society. Hey, maybe. What do I know? I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Lamb, the Holy Savior, whatever I told you earlier. Maybe they do for all I know, but I don't know. I always find it a bit suspicious when everyone starts to market drugs as being uh, the way to go. And then don't we, like, on the other end of that, always hear the uh, the other story where uh, it's always these, these people that are like, oh, my God, I was smoking pot for 20 years, and I was doing mushrooms for 20 years, and holy God, you know, I thought I was being creative. I thought I was, you know, working at my best capacity. And as soon as I got off them, oh, my God, everything became so clear, and now I'm doing my best work. I can't believe I wasted all those years, right? Don't you always hear these testimonials where it's before they get on these drugs, it's like, oh, my God, I just can't seem to get motivated. I've got writer's block. I can't get creative. Wait, let me do drugs, 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 drugs. And then, you know, 15, 20 years later, Oh, my God, I I wish I'd gotten off these things sooner. You know, I don't know. Maybe for some people it works. Maybe for others it doesn't. Maybe there's a middle ground. Who am I to say? But I am going to touch on the topic. I am going to press the buttons. I am going to make you think. I am going to make you look in the mirror and go, holy shit, I wish I looked like Cindy Crawford. But after all that, after admonishing you about drugs and lecturing you and preaching to you and getting up on my soapbox and just like cramming my opinions down your fat, greasy pie hole, after all that, yours truly tried mushrooms for the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not hard. That's the thing. You know, they're all packaged up. They, They come in the nice little, they've got them all packaged for you. And so I get these things last weekend, and uh, I'm by myself. I want to try them by myself. I've never had mushrooms. So I open the packaging, and, you know, I, I bite in. I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm eating the mushrooms. And they say it's like an hour. It's about an hour before they start to kick in, and you start to feel whatever you're supposed to feel. So I'm like, okay. I time it out accordingly. I started at like, you know, seven o'clock at night so that I'd have time for whatever was going to happen was going to happen. And an hour ticks by and I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, not really anything. Not feeling a thing from these mushrooms. So I take another big mouthful. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And some of you are experienced mushroom eaters are probably going, oh my God, you don't do that. You don't take you. Sometimes it takes a little longer, but I was a bit impatient. So I don't know. I took another mouthful. Two hours go by. Okay. 
Nothing. Nada. So now I'm like, I take like a bunch more, stuff my face with these mushrooms. Five hours go by. Okay, now it's like one in the morning. Nothing. So I'm like, screw it. I call my buddy. I have a buddy who's, uh, let's just say he's a druggy guy. He, he's been doing the drugs a long time. He's schooled in the world of drugs. So I call up my buddy Dan and I go, Dan, what the hell is going on, man? I know you've taken mushrooms. I've been eating them all night. I haven't, I don't feel a thing, man. And so Dan right away, you know, he puts the question hat on. He goes, well, first of all, where did you get them? And I go, okay, Whole Foods. And he goes, what? I said, I got the mushrooms at Whole Foods, portobello mushrooms. And he goes, portobello, what are you? I said, yeah, they're, they're really big and they're, they, 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 they're tasty. I, I, you know, I, I kind of liked it. When I went to Whole Foods, I asked the, the, the guy there about mushrooms and he said they were the best. And, and he goes, dude, no, no, no. What you want is the poison mushrooms, bro. It's the poison. It's the poison in mushrooms that get you high. It's the poison that creates the high. When the poison gets in your blood, it creates the the illusions and the stimuli. He says, you've got to get wild mushrooms, dude, not not store-bought. And I'm like, oh, great. So now it's two in the morning. I'm down by some polluted river here in Los Angeles. It's not even a real river. It's like a it's like a concrete causeway with mold and seaweed and a I've got like a little miner's hat on with a flashlight and I'm crawling around on all fours looking for wild mushrooms on the banks of this this river where, you know, corpses roll by, little little white boys and Armenian kids and Latino children and, and, and Asian people. All kind, just bodies of all races, nationalities and religions. There's a body rolled by with a yarmulke on. It's L.A. There's bodies everywhere. You don't go fishing in, in the water in L.A. You, you go searching for loved ones, missing loved ones. And so now I'm rummaging around on the moldy shores of Death River. And, you know, I got my hands and I'm feeling around for mushrooms. And there's, there's like raccoons beside me and porcupines and possums and... You know, now I'm, I'm like a, a, a hunter-gatherer. I'm, I'm scavenging for food on the shore banks with, the, with these nocturnal animals. You know, they're there looking for salami and uh, bratwurst and crayfish and, uh, you know, loaves of bread and uh, chili dogs. I don't know what these wild animals eat. What, do, what, what, do, what raccoons eat? What, what does a porcupine eat? Pork? I mean, it's got the name pork. What are they out there looking around for pork chops and curly fries? I mean, possums look like they probably eat curly fries. Have you seen them? They're, they're all greasy and creepy. They look like if a rat got uh, raped by uh, Dracula. That would be the kid, a possum. A curly fry-eating rat vampire freak. Uh, so now I'm reaching, sure enough, I find some little wild mushrooms rolling around in the, in the, in the swamp and the muck and the, in the mildew uh, had, to, I think I rolled a corpse over of a, a little Swedish child and there was some wild mushrooms growing underneath. So now I'm picking these and I'm popping them. Cause now I'm, I'm like, let's get going with this. 
And I think I did feel the poison because suddenly my body's just short-circuiting and I'm kind of walking out of this river, death river, like, like a zombie. I'm like, I'm drooling. There's froth coming out of my mouth. I look like Cujo just dug up a date at the pet cemetery. My fingers are curled up like an old lady that just uh, won the world record for knitting a sweater or something. I'm just like, like velociraptor claws over here, right? And I'm like, oh, and then I collapse on the street. Next thing I know, I wake up seven days later out of a coma. I almost died and I phoned Dan and I go, Danny, what the hell, man? You said get the wild mushrooms. The poison will do the trick. He goes, no, man, you need magic mushrooms, you idiot. He called me an idiot. Can you believe that? A, a buddy, a friend calling me an idiot. Like I'm an idiot. I mean, you've been listening to the whole show. Do I seem like an idiot to you? Hello? I said, do I seem stupid to you? Wh- what? I hope you're not thinking what. So anyways, I get out of the coma and I'm determined to do this. So now Danny says, dude, you got to get magic mushrooms. That's what I'm talking about. The magic mushrooms. And I'm like, okay, you couldn't have said that at the beginning before I went to Whole Foods. Before I went down to the river and ravaged around for, for wild mushrooms with these roast beef eating uh, night critters. So I'm like, got it, magic mushrooms. Anything else? He goes, no, magic mushrooms, brah. And I go, great, I'm in the entertainment industry, okay? I have a few connections to high-level celebs here and there. I know people. And so through a friend of 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 that guy's friend, I was able to track down David Copperfield's address in Las Vegas. You know David Copperfield. That there's no one more magic than David Copperfield, right? So I'm like, great. Let's get to Copperfield's pad and get some of these magic mushrooms because he's the magic man, right? So I take the, uh, the, the first flight out of Burbank Airport. I fly first class on Southwest Airlines all the way to Vegas. It's only about a half hour flight. And I'm sitting up there in first class on Southwest in the first class section of Southwest. And we land and I get to Copperfield's place and uh, I'm, I'm not having it. Like this guy's giving me some magic. So I go to his house, I ding the doorbell, and the door opens, and there he is, David Copperfield with his 1970s hair. Looks like he's the lead singer for Air Supply or Ario Speedwagon, or maybe the two of those lead singers got together, had love in one of the showrooms at Ikea on one of those dirty Swedish wooden beds. And even though men can't have babies, these two freaks did. And uh, David Copperfield is their, their bastard Ikea, Ario Speedwagon Air Supply bastard child. <laughs> and again, this story is real. Not like, not like the, the, the smoking one. So I'm standing there and Copperfield's looking at me bewildered. He's like, who, who the hell are you? What do you want? And I go, David Copperfield, right? And he's standing there in his white bathrobe with a big 
gold C on it. And I go, okay, C, yeah, you got, you look like a cunt. And when I say cunt, I'm saying it in the British sense, where if you go to the UK or Britain, cunt is the, like the same way we use the word asshole. We'll go, oh, that guy's an asshole over there. That guy's a fucking cunt, nay. Look at that fucking cunt over there. So don't get all like vagina warped out of shape on me because I'm not using it in the vagina sense. I'm using it in the British fucking cunt sense, all right? So I hope you can differentiate a big, pink, healthy vagina with uh, the use of the word cunt as an everyday kind of slang or swear word used in everyday uh, vernacular or vocabulary over in the United Kingdom. Not in the United America, but over the United Kingdom. They like the word cunt. So I'm like, hey, David, yeah, cunt. And uh, he goes, what the hell are you doing here? Who are you? I said, I'm here for the magic, bro. Give me some magic mushrooms. I'm not leaving till I get the magic. And poof, like like I was at one of his Las Vegas showrooms, poof, suddenly there's a, a, like a, a burst of white smoke. And I'm like, ooh, ah. And like, like I was at a magic show suddenly. Like Copperfield knew his role in this. And he, he went right in. He was supposed to get me magic mushrooms, but it's like he went, it's like he's wired. When he hears the word magic, it's just an involuntary combustible reaction, just poof. And now there's white smoke and I'm standing there, ooh. And then the smoke clears and sitting there, Copperfield's gone. I don't know where he is. I don't know if he went to Magic Land. I don't know if he's at the lead singer of Hearts House, like doing it doggy style with the lead singer of Heart. But sitting there as the smoke dissipates is a full-grown white Siberian tiger. Just what you want to see when you're in Vegas and just what you'd expect a magician like air supply hair Copperfield to have, right? And so here I am face to face with this thing. It's staring at me with these big, beautiful blue eyes and I can hear its tummy rumbling and faster than a raccoon pulling a Swanson's, uh, you know, meatloaf microwave dinner out of the LA Corpse River. This thing's on me, fangs in my neck, crunch, everything goes to black. So now I wake up in the hospital again out of a coma. Like, I think this one was a five-monther. And uh, again, like near-death experience. So I'm just going to say, and, you know, at the beginning of this segment, I, I talked about how people are justifying the use of drugs recreationally and almost uh, now as a form of functionality. But I'm here to say, as a survivor of two comas induced by these so-called magic mushrooms, one from the poison death river experience and one from one of the world's largest uh, carnivore uh, predators, apex predators, almost severing my spine with its uh, vice-like jaws and seven-inch canine fangs, uh, drugs will get you killed. Okay, drugs are dangerous. And I'm going to say it because I lived through it twice. 
drugs will get you killed. So you do what you want to do, players. You know, you rock and roll. You keep rocking and rolling right down, uh, right down Mushroom Boulevard or Molly, uh, Molly Avenue or uh, LSD uh, Crescent. Uh, you want to be up there on uh, marijuana cul-de-sac uh, tooting your uh, Lily Tomlin uh, tonsillitis uh, titmouse uh, Tinkerbell Twizzlers? Have at it. I'm done. Uh-uh. How many times do I need to go into a, a, a coma to know that drugs ain't the way to go? So if you can learn something from what I did then learn it. Learn it and burn it and sunny and share it. And I don't even know what that meant, but uh, pray to the Lord, thank the Lord that I made it through. And again, a real story. The, The smoking one, yes. I embellished it. I made it up. That was kind of for your entertainment value. And I know it was, that one was hard one. That one was dramatic. That one was had you on the edge of your seats and, and you, you felt for this poor woman who fell and landed on her daughter. And I put a cigarette out on a little mouse's face, but it was all made up. Whereas this magic mushroom story, totally real. And if you want to contact the hospital and get my medical records to verify Please be my guest, nosy. Yeah, just uh, go online, look up uh, Our Lady of Bullshit uh, Memorial Hospital. That was for the first coma. And then the second hospital was uh, Dear Mother of Mary, uh, I'm fucking you over with the biggest load of bullshit you've ever seen on the back of a John Deere tractor, uh, Our Holy Saint Hospital of the Tender Lords. In, in Manhattan, in, Bron- in the Bronx, in, in uh, Yonkers. Uh, on uh, Staten Island is where I meant to say. Out, Rhode Island, um, Ithaca. It's up in Ithaca by the Finger Lakes. You'll find it. <sighs> but uh, I've been talking, I, I just realized I've been throwing the word Lord around a lot. We've been, you know, like you say, so praise the Lord that I wasn't hurt. And... I think maybe we should end on something that's a little uh, a little holy, maybe. And this is something that's been occurring lately. Um, you know, nowadays with the advent of Spotify and and our playlists in our devices, how often do you really listen to active terrestrial radio anymore? Do you listen to it at all? Do you, do you listen to an AM or FM station and groove along? Well, I'll tell you the only time I do it now is when I'm driving. And I drive a lot. You know, I'm, a, I'm an active guy. I'm a cosmopolitan guy. I'm on the go. Daddy's on the move. Uh, Daddy's got to pop the popcorn. Daddy's got to sizzle the bratwurst uh, sausage. Daddy's got to flip the flapjack. You know how I roll. And uh, here I am rolling around town, cruising really around town, hustling, hustling around town is what I do. Um, And uh, I got the tunes. I got the tunes on the car radio, but here's the dilemma. Um, 
I am a channel surfer. I just, I'm not married to any particular station. I don't, I don't have the time in my day to wait around for you to play a song that pleases my audio sensory uh, apparatus. I am not going to kneel down and be your servant. I am not a slave to your playlist, okay, you greasy, chestnut-cracking, fucking dragon-slaying, snot-rag-licking radio stations. I want to hear what I want to hear when I want to hear it, and so I surf as I'm driving. And when you do that, ultimately, you get all flavors of the music buffet. You get heavy metal, you get rock and roll, you get pop, you get country, you get Latino, you get news, you get all these different styles of music. And it's kind of fun because uh, it's really the only chance I get to discover new music and new hit songs and stuff. I didn't know who Dulipa was. And then I started hearing her songs over and over on the radio when I'm cruising around town. And suddenly now I'm aware of Dulipa. Whatever, I don't know, if is that one of the Winnie the Pooh characters? We got Owl, we got Eeyore, we got Kanga and Roo, we got Winnie and Doolipa, and Eeyore too. Thanks for noticing me. I'm Eeyore, and this is Doolipa. Oh, stuff and fluff. Excuse me, Doolipa, but would you happen to have... Any extra honey, Dulipa? Okay, why we just went there, I don't know. And again, I'm going to turn to the Lord and say, what is happening to me? Dear Heavenly Lamb, Lord of the hosts, why was I born this way? Why am I off? Why am I not like the others? Dear Savior, Lord of the roast beef, Lord of the rings, Lord of the dance, Heavenly Hash ice cream. So anyways, when I'm cruising along, there's one genre of music that is a little odd to me. And here's what happens. I'll be cruising through. I'll hear the Doolipa. I'll hear Sting from the Police. I'll hear Def Leppard. I'll hear... And then all of a sudden, I cruise onto a song, and it's kind of like, okay... You know, it's kind of catchy and poppy, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is a new one. I, I don't know who this is. I'm not sure who this artist is, but yeah, it's kind of got a, a cool little beat, and it's kind of catchy, and then you're kind of going along, and you're like, it's sort of there, but there's something a little off. Something in my warning system in the back of my brain is going, hmm, why isn't it, it, it's sort of going up the hill, but it's just not getting over the hump. And it's like, you know, it's a nice song. It's like, I am loving all the life, and I am living with my lover. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, it's sort of rock and roll. It's sort of a little bit country. And about, but what is it? Something just a little off musically and lyrically. And what, it, what is it? And then all of a sudden you hear it. You're tapping your feet and you're kind of getting drawn in. And then all of a sudden you hear, and just like the Lord on the crucifix. I was standing there frozen in the night. Oh, the Lord on the crucifix, holy Lord, Savior, won't you take my hand? Pull your hand off the cross, pull the nail from your hand, and help me through the night. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. I just realized, and I got nothing against you if you like the Christian music or the Holy Roller music or whatever you want to call it, like God Rock or whatever it is. I got nothing against you. God bless you. I believe in God. I got nothing bad to say about you for that. But there's something about that music. It just, it suddenly, it, it sort of, te- and now you can kind of, you get the, the Christian rock radar on and you're like, wait a minute. Well, it sort of pulls you in. And then all of a sudden, and as I stared out on the lake, I decided to grab Jesus in my mind and run across the water. Oh, the Lord had me run across the water. And me and my girlfriend had some kid. You know, there's always like some, suddenly you're doing something with Jesus. You're snowboarding or you're on a toboggan. Or you're watching the baby Lord Jesus in a cradle playing with a yo-yo. Or there's God has come down and, and... Put a miracle on your 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 dinner number four at the Chinese restaurant. I don't know. There's always some weird, suddenly God and the Lord appears in these songs. And I, I realize, God, this is what takes me out of them. And it's not because I'm anti-religion or I have anything bad to say. It's just there's something about them. They're just a little bit cheesy and they're corny. And in, back in the day... These songs, you knew when you were getting like religious music because it was it sounded like a choir and it was like, oh, Lord Jesus, take us to, you know. It sounded like church folk singing. But now they've kind of packaged uh, the holy music to sound like uh, a good old-fashioned rock and roll song or a pop tune. Some of them even have a little bit of rap in them. And I've even heard ones that were sort of heavy metal. It was sort of like, it freaked me out. It was like, oh, yeah, it's Saturday night. It's Saturday night. Everyone's out drinking. Yeah, but Jesus got me by the waist, and he's taking me down to the Dairy Queen so I don't have to have alcohol. Yeah, you know. <coughs> God, I just swallowed a, some air particles that were laced with uh, chloroform uh, extortion uh, fil- fellatio filaments and i think that might have been god punishing me for for daring to do to sort of do a piss take on on the religious music but please please know lord and please know my viewers i do not uh i do not begrudge you or uh say anything defamatory if, if you're religious. I got no business doing that. We're all entitled to believe in whatever we want now. Put your hand up to the podcast. Put your hand on the podcast and believe now that from this pulpit where I sit, we are all entitled to anything we want to believe, anything we want to be spiritual about. Put your hand on the podcast and Say it with me now. We are free to do what we want. Um, and I think uh, by now most of you have bailed out. I'm sensing that most of you probably have bailed out, shut this thing right off, probably not even hearing what I'm saying right now. And I don't blame you. Right at the end there, just pretending I'm on a, a podge evangelist or something. New word, by the way, pod evangelist. Um, but I think we got to end it there. I think we got to end it there. And I think 
Most of you are probably on mushrooms by now anyhow. Um, but before we go, um, don't forget, if, if for some reason you can't watch this podcast on, uh, on your YouTube or on your phone, <laughs> excuse me, um, you can uh, listen to it on audio. We have relaunched the uh, Harland Highway uh, podcast in an audio format, and you can listen to it uh, on uh, any podcast platform. Uh, it's called the New Harland Highway because I don't know if you know it or not, but back in the day for the last 11 years with a four, three, four-year break in between, I did over a 1,000 episodes of the Harland Highway audio only. So this whole, uh, odd, this whole uh, visual format is all new, but... Um, if you want to hear these and you don't have time to sit at your desk or look into your phone and you just want to hear the fantastic content that I'm uh, delivering, yeah, I don't think you're going to go to any other podcast and get a smoking story and uh, throwing your nephew to the Pride of Lions story or a magic mushroom story or a credit card story. Are you going to really get that anywhere else? I don't think so. I don't think so. In fact, I know so. Put your hand on the podcast in the name of the sweet holy lamb of podcast. So anyways, uh, please, um, please uh, tell your friends about the Harland Highway. We want to, I said it earlier, I want to get up to 100,000 subscribers. I want to get beyond that. So please do your part. Just subscribe. If it hurts your finger to press that button, so be it. Have a crippled finger for a few days. But come on, help a player out. I, I, need, to, I need to get my mushrooms, and I can't do it unless I get 100,000 subscribers now. So please subscribe. Please inform your friends of the Harland Highway podcast. Imagine uh, how happy your friends are going to be when you guys can have a conversation over lunch and go, oh my God, Sarah, if you hadn't told me about the podcast, I never would have heard the smoking story. I never would have heard the magic mushroom story. I never would have heard the credit card thing or the pride of lion. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, but seriously, no, please subscribe. Tell your friends. Get the word out. Just share the link. And also, uh, when you watch the podcast, don't, don't be afraid. Leave a comment down below. Uh, love to hear what you think. Uh, love to know if there's anything uh, you'd like to see or a topic you might want to uh, hear me ramble on about, if you can dare. Because you know it ain't going to come out normal now. Um, but, uh, I'm up for the challenge. If you have a, a goofy topic or a serious topic, you want me to comment. I'm not saying I will, but I, I'll take it into consideration. Now I'll bring it in and, and, and suckle it on my womb. Um, and, uh, what else? Uh, bonus material. If you're enjoying this, uh, I also do some carryover stuff. My old podcast, I used to do a lot of theater of the mind characters, I had a whole library of characters that I did voices for, probably 10 or 15 different characters. And now you can hear those exclusively on my Patreon account. Patreon is a digital platform where you, um, you can pay a monthly fee, a small monthly fee, and get all kinds of bonus material, videos. And by the way, if you're on Patreon, guess what? 
we just started this, you get these podcasts like between four to five days earlier than everyone else. So if you're just one of those people that's jonesing to get more of me and get me ahead of everyone else, if you join Patreon, you get the, uh, you get the visual video version of the Harland Highway days before everyone else. So uh, it's $5 a month, or if you're feeling generous, you can do 10 or 25, whatever you want. Go to Patreon, just go on to Google, type in Harland, uh, Harland Williams Patreon page, and it'll take you there and just try it. If you don't like it, get off. If you like it, stay on. Everything helps, and we appreciate it. Also, if you enjoyed the T-shirts and you want to uh, pick one up, an original or a print, just go to harbling.com. And uh, you can pick up your stuff there. I can't tell you how uh, happy it makes me to have you here. Uh, it really does make me appreciative. Um, we live in a new digital age. And, uh, you know, I've sort of decided to take a turn with my career and, and kind of go after this kind of digital digital era that we're in. And, and it's, it's really enjoyable and it's fun and I really couldn't do it unless you guys were the other half of the equation. So uh, a, a heartfelt thank you. Uh, hope you can share with your friends. And uh, until next time, everybody, stay off the drugs. Stay off the edge of the building. Stay out of the creek. Stay out of the zoo and the lion's den. And stay.